You're listening to the Fox and the Phoenix podcast, understanding the feminine cross-dressing experience. I'm Savannah Hawk, cross-dresser and author of the Living with Cross-Dressing book series. And I'm Julie Rufenstein, proud ally and co-founder of Fox and Hanger, an online styling service for cross-dressers and transgender women. You're listening to Blue Sky. Random conversations. And so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. That's exciting. Remind me again what wedding. Uh, the wedding is uh, Savannah and Emily's wedding to uh, Starbucks managers. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's at the end of the month. Got to make sure to prepare for that because I'm actually, I need to say something about them and read a poem and know what like my lines are, <laughs> what to do. Yeah. So that's, that's going to be taking up a little bit of time. And okay. uh, yeah, just, it's busy. Like I said, then obviously Halloween and dressing up and, and November will be a little less hectic. And what, what will Halloween look like for you? Uh, Halloween will look like me dressing up on the 30th at work. Mm, so I'm, def- I'm definitely doing that. And then I may do Savannah Sunday also in costume. Ow, ow! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not? It'll be the Halloween weekend. You know, that's all. Because I'm sure I'm not... That's very exciting. I think so. I like, well, you know me. I love dressing up uh, in general. Ironically, dressing up in cosplay is a completely different thing than dressing up in Savannah. Completely different ideas, different thoughts, different feelings. And you look different. I mean, you look different. Yeah. When you're, you know, a femme fatale, Mm. Comic-Con girl, than when you're Savannah. There's a clear difference even in your your energy, obviously, but like your face and... Yeah. Well, it's all the mask. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) I have developed like kind of a Scrooge... I don't know, like Halloween. Oh, this is good. See, this is another annoying thing about me that maybe you're just learning. What's that? Because we're still semi-getting to know each other. Oh, no. We're, I mean, we're the same. Now that I think about stories you've told me, where I will, like, press snooze so many times just to shut it up. And it's mm. not even for sleep. It's just, like, for different scheduled things. And I'll just press snooze, and then it will just keep on going off for hours. Yeah. And then I'll be like, oh, okay, you mean I need to turn it off so that won't happen? Like, I'll just get, especially when it comes to, like, getting Remy to an appointment or whatever, I'll just be like, snooze. And then, like, throughout the appointment, it will just ring, and I'll be like, snooze. And then it'll dawn on me after it's annoyed me so much that I just need to turn off the alarm. I do that a lot with the free-to-be-she. I set an alarm so I don't forget that it's coming on. And so I'll be watching a show and my the thing will keep ringing. And I, I think I just, sometimes I hit the wrong button and sometimes I, I must hit the snooze by accident, but yeah, it'll go off every eight minutes for as long as I uh, <laughs> just leave it to it. So nice. Yeah. We're like peanut butter and jelly. We are. And I do love peanut butter and jelly. I know. That's why I use the analogy. The analogy. Nice. What's the difference between an analogy and a metaphor? I'm I not was, sure, but I was just like, do I use analogy or do I use metaphor? <laughs> I think, yeah, I'm not even going to tackle this one. Yeah. I, uh, I could, but we have other more. We got other things that will yeah. probably be not as correct as we think we are. And so. no one wants to do a whole episode on the difference between metaphors and analogies. That's or true. no one wants to delete it out of a recording. 
<laughs> well, if we ever start a English lit and composition podcast, we'll probably leave it in. I mean, deal. Deal. <laughs> Put it in the files. <laughs> I mean, there's, what yeah. Yeah, right. there's, there's so much risk to it. And again, we fall into the category of, it's not, <laughs> I, I, it's funny because some people have said that cross-dressing is a hobby, right? Ah, it's I a hobby. That and and, and I'm, I'm so not about that because if I went to my partner and said, hey, honey, I want to take up bowling as a hobby, or I want to paint miniature figures as a hobby, they'd be like, all right, whatever. Yeah, but they wouldn't be like, I'm going to divorce you because of your hobby. Cross-dressing is not a hobby. Cross-dressing is part of the fabric of who we are. Right. And yes, it takes creativity to express yourself in a, in a feminine, successful way. It takes um, confidence to be okay with who you are as a person, knowing that you have these two sides that are equally important to you in whatever you know proportions. And then there's the idea that, you know, we should have enough confidence in ourselves and who we are as a human being to be able to, like you say, go to that partner, our wife, our girlfriend, and say, this is who I am. Unfortunately, we live in fear. We worry about the risk. How long has it been since I've been with this person that, you know, now if I do bring it up now, it's like, who are you? You're not the person I married. You're not the, the person I dated. You know, it's unfortunate that there's still just the fact of making that utterance of this is the true me. Right. Carries with it so much negative weight that you and I are, are trying to unpack for people to make it okay, make people understand this is not a death sentence. This is not a de-evolution. This is an evolution. Right, right. And it's up until your most recent point, I was just kind of listening. It's not a hobby. And then I want in my head as a member of the ADD club, um, <laughs> I was fully listening, but I think about cross-dressing and I, I, I measured it up with music. Mm -hmm. or dance or dancing okay if you are a, or writing if you are a musician and again this is before you mention the high stakes piece yes. of it if you are a musician your body aches to create music if you are a dancer your body just needs to move no matter what if you are a writer there's something in you that even if you're not working on a specific book you are communicating through messenger and it's like you're playing the violin your body and your being is built for writing your your heart needs to write okay yeah but within this kind of passion you add in you know if you if, if i was to say you know cross-dressing is a passion follow your passion it's not like that right? It, it's not as hallmarky quotey meme as that there are very high stakes and there are consequences that, as we both know, affect the fiber, the fiber of your being, your livelihood, mm -hmm. your, your place in the world. So it's not a hobby. There is a part of it that's very passion-filled and very creative, but it's this other entity. And as you said, it's a part of who you are. Yes. It's, it's, a, it's a part of who you are. And no matter how much you try, it's like, being gay. It's who you are. 
it's a part of who you are. You can try to throw out the clothing and have all these purges and try your hardest to, you know, with, with the gay analogy, get married, mm-hmm. do all the things mm-hmm. that you're supposed to do. All the normative all things. All the yeah. normative things, yeah. right? And within that, no matter what you do, there's this overwhelming truth that it's going to get louder and louder, right? And then the two paths become clear or they're not clear. And then the only option is killing yourself or the mm. only option is that's the worst option, but yeah. that's how I, I, that's how I see it. Well, it's fair. Yeah. I mean, that's a super extreme, but it illustrates the point of how desperate and how untenable and how mired in hopelessness it can be when you don't have an outlet or you don't have support. You haven't found your tribe. You're constantly denying yourself because one, maybe you don't understand what, what it is you're missing, or you don't understand like who this, this entity is to you, this other component is to you. And yeah, I say it all the time. It amazes me that in 2020, you know, here we are in a new millennium, that we're still facing this kind of misinformation, ignorance of these kind of concepts in life. But yeah, it's, I'm, I'm seeing that as the generations unfold, even like your daughter, she, she sees the world in a completely different way than you and I. Yeah, how many times have you said, Mom, you know, it's just trans. It's no big deal. What's, what's the issue? And that's because... Oh, that was a teenager. Oh, is that a teenager? That, that was okay. like a family member, yes. But, okay. but for you with my daughter, yeah. it's the... When I said, oh, Chuck Vanna's on the phone. She's like, hey, Savannah. <laughs> like, it's yeah, it, when you're yeah. in male mode. It's just, it's no different. It's, right. Which is amazing. Which is amazing. Yeah. And those, that little story, that little nugget is what all of us want. All we want in life is to just be like, hi, I'm this person. They're like, okay, hi person. Nice to meet you. Okay, I'm gonna go play ball. You know, it's just, all we want is a like total acceptance of like, you are who you are, I accept you completely. And now I'm gonna go play because I've thought no more about it. Right. Because it's just normal, it just is. And that's- And you've explained it to me in a way I understand what cross-dressing is. You you totally normalized it. It wasn't this like forty-five minute like let's talk. It was it was just <laughs> a non. It was just a non-emotional. You know, this is what cross-dressing is. This is the podcast I'm doing. This is what it's about. I mean, the understanding that comes from young people. It's very. I mean, adults tend to add a lot of language and a lot of projections and a lot of yeah. like high stakes to something that. I guess I presented it in a very non, this, you know, this is Jock, who's also Savannah, and she, you know, how I yeah. explained it was very, eh, this is what it is. Well, also, and also Remy is a big fan of like uh, RuPaul Drag Race. So she's she's been exposed to these alternatives, and I don't want to say alternatives because that's not, not the right word either, but she's seen this. She's seen it as a, well, it's on TV. It's, it's a, a competition. It's a little normalized. The transformational artistry yeah. from yeah. male to female is something that my daughter can really understand and really make sense of very quickly. Right. And she, she has a sentence that she uses that I, I, it triggers me because I'm not going to say it. So <laughs> she'll just say like, like, Black Lives Matter. What's the big deal? Or gay rights. Mm. What's the big deal? And what she's saying from a child perspective is why is this an issue? Right. We're all people. Mm-hmm. How did it get this way that, yeah. you know, 
I don't, I don't get it. And so I, as a parent and someone who has understood this kind of oppression and this, the, the hideousness of racism, not firsthand, but just through other people's stories, it is my job at, at the best of my abilities from a white person's perspective, explain how, why this is a big deal and where it started, but not in a condensed 15 minute <laughs> trip to grandma's you know it's yeah. just kind of something kind of like getting the period talk i have chosen as a parent to just kind of give her little bits and bobs of information as it applies to her and as it applies to you know something she saw or a moment she had just sprinkle little bits of truth. And so as she develops more and more and understands a little bit more and more, I can be there to just give her a little bit more. And yeah, then she yeah. can have a discussion. And Yeah, again, because uh, how many times have you heard a lecture for an hour, whether in school or on television or from a partner or anything where you're just like, somebody's rambling on and giving you more and more data, more and more information that you're just oh. tuning out. You already did right. Like, yeah. and you already can sense with their tone and their approach. And you're just like, oh, I've already checked out. Like, yeah, yeah. And I know that you will watch it later, Savannah. I, I probably I will because great. it's, I, I want to see the nuances of like your micro expressions. And oh, because God. there's one thing to say about you is that you have, you are very expressive uh, regardless of what it is, whether you're reacting to the movie sequence we were watching or uh, listening to me talk or listening to Jennifer's questions that she needs you to answer. Uh, you were, you, you know, when you are emotionally open, man, you're, you're all over it. And that is why when I was in college and I looked, I was on the T, the, the, you know, tr whatever, the transportation the T. It was called the T. What is that? No, wait. You were on the what? Well, I was on the tr the T, the the MBTA, the okay. transfer. You know, I went to college in Boston. You rode the T. Okay, gotcha. Um, and I noticed my father's like lines on on the forehead, lines on the forehead, like deep lines. Okay. I knew at that moment that the red book I I read like next to me that's been lying there that said, get Botox for your, you know, your daughter's big day. I was like, that is my future. <laughs> Botox is my future. <laughs> I'm telling you because I've always been so expressive in, in my face. And it's, mm. I mean, I'm glad that it's still, even with Botox, it still it's comes through. I don't know. You're, you're, yes, I can still read you. You're still very expressive, but your skin is like porcelain. Oh, like butter. But like listen, yes. micro expressions, you use that term a lot. And immediately mm. I think of micro penis, which I fully, <laughs> I fully appreciate that. Okay. It's not a put down. It's a, it's a compliment for many. Um, I really, you, when you say micro expressions, like yes. what does that mean? Uh, there, I, I don't know if it's a learned trait or something I just am good at naturally, but people, uh, I can, people are very expressive in the most minute ways. Even though they feel like they're giving you a poker face, everybody's body language tells a story. And there's expressions and it's the way you tilt your your you know your chin or move your lips or avert your eyes. There's so many things that can be read by somebody 
As I, I don't like that. Like oh, I am a very private person. That is why when I learned that like people who are lying, I'm not even going to have you look this up, but like <laughs> I specifically in therapy really managed to when I was lying, like to just either just like stare directly into her <laughs> soul or like look the opposite eyeball. <laughs> So and what it said, so like when I was, you I'm oh my god, so I'm gonna if the lie is like move the eyeball to the left, yeah, so up I'm, into the left, I'm writing or it yeah. hard right, hard right, or directly center. Like, what I mean, I don't even want you to tell me what my micro expressions are because I will work hard on because I don't want to be read like that, but it's not a perfect science, and this also takes for me, it's not like in a vacuum where like. You could show me a picture of my, ooh, I know what she's thinking. No, it's all about like how you speak, the tone that you use, the, your facial expression. Noticed? Huh? What, what have you noticed? I'm not going to tell you. Good. <laughs> and that shows you're paying attention. Exactly. And then I'm not. Cause that I, cause for me, I feel things like mm -hmm. I, uh, my empathy works in such a way that I can read someone in terms of how, how I'm feeling. And I've gotten it clear enough so that I know what someone else's feelings that I'm kind of taking on yeah. and yeah. what's, Yours. what's kind of my own, but like, right. do I not notice you? Like, why can't I do the micro thing? Because you cross well, but I don't have your empathetic uh, connection to people either. So we have we have our strengths, and we work towards our strength, and we are a perfect pairing. So your empathy and my like, observational look at my skills face right now. What do you besides the, besides beauty? Oh, sweetie, red <laughs> lipstick. But thank you. Yes, um, it is. <laughs> and anywho, I'm getting my mind is like jibba jabba. But what do you notice? Oh, my hand, where I'm you're, just like. Yes, you're very expressive with your hands. And um, I'm looking at you, and you have like a little bit of an intensity because you because <laughs> you want to know something. You're like, you need to tell me. That's why your hands are so expressive, like because you're, you're more animated and you want to know something. Why I oughta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you like to play with your hair, absolutely. That, I read one, once that that means you're immature, which I am. Uh -uh. I read that. Okay. So maybe yeah, but that's just the person who said that. Maybe. I mean, that's the same people who says, if you use the F word a lot, that means you're more intelligent than most. I'm still trying to figure out how that's true or not, but whatever. Fuck. On that note. Wow, you are smart. <laughs> you can find me on Facebook at Savannah Hawk or at Living With Crossdressing, and on Instagram at Savannah Hawk. Remember, that's H-A-U-K. And to learn more, go to my website, livingwithcrossdressing.com. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Fox and Hanger or at MTF Style, as well as on our website at foxandhanger.com. Julie, it's your moment. <clears throat> the Fox and the Phoenix podcast uses Anchor, copyright 2020. Yes, nailed it. We would love to hear from you because your story matters.